Well, praise the Lord. Amen. God is good. God is good. All the time. All the time. Oh, Lord Jesus. Let us not something just be like a, like a national anthem that we remember and we say it. Let us that sing into our heart that he is good all the time. Not just a saying, because sometimes we, we kind of go with things that we just say, but we don't believe it. <laughs> so we have to believe it. Praise the Lord. Let's say a short prayer. Some of the songs and even the prayer with Jacob and Kenny and uh, I feel that it have to do with the word the Lord has for us today. So if you pay, if you did pay attention or you sang some of those uh, songs that we that we're singing, and even some of the prayers, kind of went with what the Lord has for us. So let us not miss that. Let us pay attention. And hear the word of the Lord. Hear his voice through a vessel, through me, that the Lord have chosen today to bring a word to you and for me also. So don't look at me, but listen to the word that the Lord has for you today. And I believe that because the reason you're here today is because the Lord has a word for you. Maybe another is not going to be the same word for you. It is for this for the guy for the person sitting next to you. But he has a word for you, if you're willing to listen. Heavenly Father, from the beginning of my walk, I raise my hand and I say, Lord, I will serve you with all my heart. And I believe that you have chosen me to bring the word. And I thank you for the privilege and the blessing. But Father God, I want to be out of the way. And you use me today. That those words that comes out of my mouth would not be contaminated in any shape or form. It would not be from me. But it would be straight from your heart, Lord. So Father, I ask that you connect my heart to your heart. And my mind to your mind, Father. And that every word that you sent forth today will rebuild with encourage, with strength, your children. And we thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Um, I have prayed, and I asked the Lord to help me. Sometimes I a little bit, I'm a little bit strong. And uh, if you guys know me by now, I... Uh, I have, like, I guess a heart of the evangelist where I, I want to save everybody every time I preach. I want to save you. I want to pray salvation. And I want to ask the Lord to come into your heart. And even you say, Pastor Willie, I received Christ five years ago. <laughs> you need to receive him again. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Jesus. Um. The Lord is going to speak to us, and let's go to John 21. John 21 is the is the message of where the Lord had me reading this morning. John 21, from 1 through 22. Are we ready? 
Thank you, Jesus. It says, afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the seat of Tiberias. And it happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didunimus, Nathanael, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, the son of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I am going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they say, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood, stood on, by the shore, on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He says, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Then they did. They were able to hold the net and because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred about yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus says to them, bring some, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not thorn, torn. Jesus says to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dare ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with, with the fish. This, is, this was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciple after he was raised from the dead. I'm going to stop there, but we can read it up all the way to 22. Or oh, I'm going to reference some of the verses all the way through. One thing that I want you to see, right, you know, I want to get in this horse right from the gate. All right, Neil, you know about horses, right? The minute you get in the horse and you, that horse wants to get ready and go. So let's get ready. Let's get on this horse right from the gate. We see in these verses that Peter went back to his old way, way of life. You read these verses and you see that the profession of, of Peter or you, we know that, that Peter was a fisherman. That's what his profession is, what he did for a living. That's what he made his money. And we see in this, in this chapter that Peter went back to his old way. I want to suggest to you that the reason Jesus went there, it was specifically for Peter. That was the reason that Jesus went 
to the lake looking for Peter. And the message, if, you have not, if you're not going to take anything today, what I want to tell you is that Jesus is looking for the Peter today who have gone to the old way. And I believe that you are here today. I believe that many times, and I said that in the Spanish service, that sometimes the Lord gives us a message for a corporate body, in other words, for all the believers here and around the world, how we should conduct ourselves, how we should go in life, how we do things, and it's really for the body here and everywhere else. But I believe that this word today, it is for you. And it is for me. It's somebody here, probably more than one person, that the Lord is, gonna, is saying to you, you have gone back to your old ways, and I have called you out today. I have, the reason I chose this message, it was specifically for you today. You know who you are. I don't know who you are. The Lord knows. He is speaking to you. I believe so. I believe it with all my heart. That the Lord is saying, this message is for you. And I don't know how many, it could be a lot of people here today, that the Lord is saying, this is for you. Because you have gone the wrong way. Jesus went specifically for Peter. And today, he's here specifically for you. And sometimes we ask ourselves a question. Why Peter went back to his old way? Why Peter went back to do what he used to do? Why Peter did not continue going and serving the Lord? The Lord already have appeared to him a few times prior to this. He knew. But why was the, the Peter went back? I tell you why. Or at least I think I, I know why. Very simple. I put it to you in Willie's way. Very simple. <laughs> he didn't sell his boat. He kept his boat. He kept his boat. Just think of that. When God calls you, he calls you to detach yourself from everything that it makes you go back. And many of us, if you see people, let's say a painter, he is a painter, and he has all the equipment, and he has this prayer, and the brushes, and the rollers, and everything he has. And all of a sudden, the Lord calls him, he hears a message, and he says, my goodness, that's for me. And he goes home and put everything in the shed. He doesn't get rid of the, this prayer. He doesn't get rid of the rollers and everything else he has. And he thinks, well, I'm going to save it there because you never know. Maybe the church wants me to paint the church. Maybe somebody, a brother or sister called me and he wants help for me to paint it. No, there's not a reason. The reason you have that in your shed, the reason is that you have not got rid of it is because you think in your mind, you, might, you may not even think that, but it back in your mind is in case nothing happened, in case it doesn't work, I can still have my sprayer in the shed and go back to what I used to do. And there's a lot of Christian today that has been called by the Lord and you still have your old stuff back hiding in the house somewhere because just in case it doesn't work. Just in case I don't do good. Just in case I messed up. The message is for us. It's for Global River. 
is for you. It is for me. I believe that the Lord is telling somebody here today, don't leave anything behind. That will make you look back or go back to your old ways. Listen, the Lord is saying to you, don't leave anything back behind where you constantly looking back and go back to what you used to be. You know what the word says. You know what happened to Lot's wife? Her heart, it was back there. She did not detach herself from the world. And she'll constantly, or she looked back, and you know what happened. She turned into a pillar of salt. If we, if you look back, I can tell you that sin is right at the door. If you're looking back, or you want to go back, or, you wanted, or you're thinking constantly of what you left behind, sin is right at the door waiting for you. It desires to have you. You know what it is a desire? It is something that is continually begging you and, and continually pushing you, wanting to have you. It desires to have you, but you must defeat it. You must master it. And the question the Lord is asking today for us, do you want to serve me? The Lord is asking the question, do you really want to serve me? Do you want to serve the Lord? Or you don't? Because the Lord will not want you to serve him and you still be attached to the things of the world. He will not use you. You might think he's using you, but I can tell you that the fruit that you are producing will be contaminated. That fruit will not be the Lord would not be able to bless that fruit if you're still attached to the things of the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. Amen? I have said many, many times, and I'm sure you heard me saying this before, a boat is made to, to move underwater. And it's wonderful to have a boat and go fishing. But if the boat has a hole in it, you don't want to be in the boat. Amen? The water will sink that boat. And the church is like a boat. It runs in the world, but the world cannot be in it. Because if the world gets in the church, we'll destroy it. It will sink it. And there's a lot of people in the church who still playing around with the things of the world and you sinking the church and you sinking your own life and you have, you have no clue why. Look at the holes in your life. And we need to fix ourselves. We need to strain ourselves out. Sin is waiting for you.
you must master it. Do you want to serve the Lord? I believe the Lord is asking that question to you and to, and to us today. But in order to serve him, you must leave everything behind. And you say, Pastor Willie, how can I leave everything behind? If you don't, it is because you don't trust the Lord. If you don't leave everything behind, it's because you still think that, he, that he's not faithful. It is because you still think he's not, he's not capable to provide your needs. I'm not saying that you got to quit your job. I'm not saying that you have to leave your, your, your work. I'm not saying that. Because not everyone is called to serve him full time. Not everyone is called to be a pastor. Not everyone is called to have a full ministry. But your ministry is right in your neighborhood. Your ministry is right at your job. Whatever you do, that's your ministry. But you have to leave everything behind so that he can use you. I want to go to 1 King 19. 1 King 19. Nineteen through twenty-one. First King nineteen, nineteen through twenty-one. It says, "So Elijah went from there and found Elijah, son of Shaphat." He was plowed with a 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving, driving the 12 pair. Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him. Elijah, Elijah then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother goodbye, he says, and then I will come with you. Go back, Elijah replied. What have I done to you? So Elijah left him. And went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment and cooked the meat and gave it to the, to the people. And they ate it. Then he set out to follow Elijah and become his attendant. He burned everything that he had so that he had no reason to go back. He says, I commit my life to the Lord. I commit to serve the Lord. And I will not look back. The Bible says if you, if you put the hands on your plow and you look back, you're not worthy of me. You're not worthy of serving me because you're continually looking back, desiring to have the things of the world, and you cannot serve two masters. Either you serve me full heartily or don't serve me. It doesn't matter what we do. We do it for the Lord. Sometimes you see me digging tree. I'm doing it for the Lord. Amen. Sometimes you see us cleaning toilet. We're doing it for the Lord. Amen. And sometimes you see me preaching and I do it for the Lord. Amen. But I do it for the Lord. Amen. And sometimes we offend people. <laughs> I do it for the Lord. Sometimes people get offended because I wear tie on Sunday. And Pastor Terry... Sometimes Pastor Terry and I would kid around things, and, and I say, Terry, something I didn't like, and he says, well, we'll get over it. <laughs> Amen? Get over it. You offend by something, get over it. So some when you get offended, some flesh and you have to die. That's right. 
That's what it is. You're still a little bit of life. You're still a little bit of life, and you still have not died yet. So you're going to have to say, I still get offended by something, and then you tell yourself, ah, that means I still have a little bit of my old ways. You ever see a duck get wet? They don't get wet, right? The duck is sitting in the rain there, and the rain is just going all over, and, and the duck is dry as can be. That's how your Christians should be. When people throw things at you, just let it slip over you. Have oil. Just shower in oil. Nothing stick to you. Amen? <laughs> so we see that Elijah, we see what he did. He burned what could have made him go back. Peter was a leader. Did you know that Peter was a leader? Peter was a leader. And when he went back to his old ways, he took six people with him. You got to be careful. You got to be careful. Sometimes people in leadership have tendency to go back to the old way and wrap around some round and other people and drag them back with them. I'm not pointing a finger to anybody, and if you might go to somewhere, don't go there because that's not me. I can tell you, I know the pastor time knows us and knows me. Sometimes I can speak it straight out, and I don't, I don't, I don't go around. My wife makes fun of me because I say, I say around the bushes. And she says, no, 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 around the bush. And <laughs> I usually I, I, I say straight. So don't don't take your mind to think that I'm I'm trying to point the finger at anybody. I'm pointing the finger to you and to myself. Because when leader turn around and follow their own way of life or go back to the old way, some people are following those leaders and they go back with them. And they follow this leader, not knowing that the leader has detached himself from the Lord and that person cannot produce any fruit. Come on. You cannot produce any fruit if you detach yourself from the Lord and you take some people with you. Let's go fishing. Let's do this. Let's gossip. Let's do this. Let's do that. You're not doing anything for the Lord. You're not. So you got to be careful. You got to keep your eyes on the Lord. Don't follow anybody around because I don't like this or I don't like that. Let's go here. Let's go there. Believe me, you're putting yourself in a very, very dangerous position. Very dangerous. And what it hurts to me is that a lot of mature Christians are still not understanding what the Word says. Unbelievable. It, to me, it's unbelievable. So you got to be very careful. Peter took six guys with him. You know who even went with Peter? John, the beloved of Jesus. The one that Jesus loved the most, supposedly. Even him went with Peter. I'm not saying that Peter was falling to sin. I don't say that Peter was doing crazy stuff. He just went to do what he used to do before. He went to his old job. Says, I, I can't deal with this no more. This is too much for us. I don't know what happened to Jesus. I know that he, we saw him, but now it's been a while. I don't know how long it was. 
we haven't seen him for a while. I don't know what's going, to, what's going on. I'm just going to go back and do what I used to do. Because I need, I need to pay my rent. I need to pay my bills. <laughs> and I'm going to do a fishing again. So he took six people with him. I hear, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't know too much about numbers. I know that Pastor Michael Thornton is, is good with all that stuff and numbers and, and figuring this and what that means and what that means. I don't know too much of all that stuff. But they say seven is completion, right? Six and Peter was seven. But what's number eight? New beginnings. Jesus was eight. And we heard the songs the new beginnings. God is saying to you today, it's time for you to start a new beginnings of your life. Today, the Lord wants you to understand that he is telling you today is the day that I want you to start a new beginning. New things for you. New life. New approach of things. New blessings. I truly believe that we are in the time of refreshing. That we are right at the door. Of refreshing coming. I heard this word three times the other day in prayer. One of the one of the inside of the morning that we come to pray. One of the one of the ladies there says, "Is is new refreshing is coming," and I, and I kind of bow my hand and says, "That's the third time that I hear the word." We are right at the door. We are coming right out, and we will receive the blessing if we stay focused on the Lord. Don't lose sight of Jesus. Don't lose sight of all. Don't go around. Don't look around you. Don't look all that stuff. Stay focused on Jesus. And he will bring the blessing to your life. He will. He is faithful. We heard him in the, in, the, in the Psalms. He is faithful. You are right at the door to receive the blessing. Peter. Well, let me tell you this. No leader, or that matter anybody who separates themselves from the Lord can produce any fruit or any good fruit. Any person, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be a leader, it could be a pastor, it could be whoever that might be, even you. Maybe you just being a Christian. But if you separate from the Lord, you cannot produce any fruit that is, they will be good, they will be sweet, they will be juicy. You can't. You cannot do it. You may think it is, but when somebody, somebody tastes the fruit, it will tell you that it's sour. It will turn into a sour. So no one detached from Jesus. So let me tell you something. What is the fruit? A lot of people will think, well, you know, it is how many people I live to the Lord. I led to the Lord. I, I, I produced a lot of fruit because I led so many people to the Lord. Or I visited the people in, in the jailhouse or in the hospitals or hospice. And I'm producing fruit because I am visiting people. I'm giving food to the, to the hungry. I'm, I'm giving clothing to the nakers. And I'm doing all that stuff. And you say, well, I'm producing fruit. That's not a fruit. That's not the fruit the Lord's talking about. Galatians 5. Everybody knows that. They're very familiar. Very familiar scripture. Galatians 5. Galatians 5, 22, 24. By the fruit of the Spirit, 
is how many people I, lead, I led to the Lord, right? How many sick people I pray for? No. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such a things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Jesus, have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. You want to produce fruit? Those are the fruits you need to have. Those are the fruit. It's not how many people you visit. That comes natural to a believer, to a Christian person, to one who has given themselves to the Lord and understand what Jesus has done for you. It's natural for you to feed the hungry. It's natural for you to visit the people in the hospital. It's natural for you to go to the jail and visit the people in jail. It's natural for you to do good. But it's not the fruit that God is looking for. He's looking for the fruit here. And many people think they need to be pastors and they need to be this, they need to be that, they need to be that. That's not what God called you. He called you to be a servant of the Lord everywhere you go. Everything you do, you do it for the Lord. Not being a pastor, like Misari, Misari, I can mention your name, it's okay. Like Misari told me, he says, Pastor Willie, it's a lot of pastors who make themselves pastor. You don't make yourself pastor. God calls you to be a pastor. It's a calling from the Lord. And there's a lot of people up there who make themselves and they have all the knowledge and everything that they can possibly think they have and they make themselves to be pastors. And that's why you see so much suffering in the body of Christ. Because they want to maintain a group of people. They just want to manipulate some people and they, they allow to do all that stuff. And you have this group of people in the church They've just been manipulated by somebody who has knowledge. You have to have a heart. You have to have love. You have to have compassion. You have to commit your life to the Lord. And that's what it makes a pastor. It's not knowledge. It's your heart. It's your heart. Amen. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That we read Second Peter? We haven't? <laughs> Second Peter 1. So remember, if you want to produce fruit, that doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. Second Peter 1. Yeah, Second Peter 1, 5 through 8. It says, for, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus, of your, in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Those are the fruit that God is looking for. Did I tell you that separated from the Lord, you can't do nothing? It's in the Bible too. John 15. John 15.
John 15, 5 and 6. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You know the word nothing? You know what the word means? Nothing. I love Jack Taylor. You know, I remember a long time. He's been here a few times, right? I think it was the first time he came over here. And I have said this before, so please forgive me if I repeat myself. I'm over 50. <laughs> I forget things. I forget when I say where I said it and how I said it. So I repeat myself sometimes. But I remember Jack Taylor came, and, and this thing wasn't here. He kind of preached from the bottom there. And uh, he was reading the Word, and with all his knowledge and wisdom, you know, he's about 80. That's one thing that I, I, I really admire, the older people. We, ha we have to appreciate the older people. Please, young people, don't, don't push to the side the older people. They have knowledge. They have wisdom. They have understanding. And the best thing that we can do is sit around somebody who's older than us and listen to their wisdom. You'll learn some things. I remember he came, and that was probably the first time. And he came and he says, he was reading the word, and he says, I'm going to teach you something. He says, when you read the word, let's say you read two verses. And you don't understand it. He says, take three steps back and think about it. And then you go back and read it again, and you still not understand it. Take another step, step back and just, just meditate and think about it and think about it, and you're still not getting it. He says, go back and read it again. If the third time is still say the same thing, that's what it means. <laughs> that's what it means. Don't change it. That's what it says. That's what it says. If the Bible says over here, that you cannot do nothing if you not stay together. Let me read it. Five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man, he's not talking about a tree. He talks about you. You don't see a tree calling a man. But there's, he gives an example. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing means that nothing that will satisfy the law, that nothing that you do, it, is be, it will be good. Nothing. You think it will be good, but it's not. Because you've been selfish or you've been doing things that you've been recognized, that people applaud you, and if they don't thank me, I'll never help that person because they didn't even thank me. They don't need to thank you. They need to thank the Lord. And you need to thank the Lord that he used you to help somebody. Amen? That's what it is. And in verse 6 says, if anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is throwing away and withers. Such a branch are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Good for nothing. Good for fire. So what is a branch good for? A branch attached to the vine, it is for one specific reason, to produce fruit. Are you producing are we producing fruit? Are we loving people? I believe that that's what the Lord's going to ask us when we go to heaven. Are you learned to love? Did you learn to love? Amen.
Let me tell you something. When you let Jesus be, or when you let Jesus take charge, when you let Jesus be the master of your life, he turns failure into success. He would turn failure into success if you let him take charge, if you make him master of your life. In the case of Peter and his disciples, and this is, this is for us. In the case of Peter and his disciples, back to uh, John 21, it was only the width of the boat. The, the, the difference from the blessing and the failure, it was from one side of the boat to the other side. From one side to the other side, from the width of the boat. You never know how close you are to, be, to have a breakthrough and have victory. You never know. And today the Lord is saying to you, you are so close to have the victory. Don't just listen to him. Listen to what he tells you because your blessing is right out of the other side of the boat. Right next to you. If you listen to him, if you obey him, you never know how close you are to breakthrough in your life. You never know how close you are for opening your own, your own business. You never know how close you are for receiving a blessing from the Lord. Just listen to him. So one thing that we need to do as believers one, need, one thing that you need to do is to admit when we fail and obey what he tells you to do. Remember what Mary says to, 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 to the people there in the wedding? Just do what he tells you to do. Just do what he says. You got to admit you fell, where you fell, where you have making a mistake. You got to admit that's what God wants. He wants you to look where you, where you have made a mistake and admit it to him. And listen and, and let him tell you what to do. Because he will turn that failure into success. He will never fail you. Trust him with all your heart, with all your mind. For he is faithful. For the Lord is good. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Just trust him with all your heart, with all your mind. For he will deliver you. I want you to... Oh, thank you, Jesus. We have time today. <laughs> I want you to see one thing here, or to see something. We are back in, in chapter 21 of, uh, of John. I want you to see something. Because this, this message is to encourage you today. I'm not throwing rocks to anybody. So, so I want to encourage you today. So you can at least say, I didn't get offended today. <laughs> Hopefully not. If you get offended, take it to the cross. We nail you there. Right, Terry? Amen, brother. We nail you there. So Terry has some nails and hammers in, in, his, in his office. And uh, we will use it if we have to. <laughs> I want you to see something here. I want you to look at the love of Jesus towards you, towards us, in the story of chapter 21. 
I want you to look at the love of Jesus to his people. Because the Bible is a love letter from the Father to his children. But many of us is looking at this word as a condemnation instead of a love letter from the Father. And the instructions from the Father to his children, telling them how to live, telling them how to do things. So don't take the Bible as a, as a book of, of condemnation and, and things. Look at the Bible as a love letter from the Father telling his beloved children how much he loves you. That's what it is. So look over here in John 21. I want you to see something. The love of Jesus towards you. We all know that God doesn't, rem he says he doesn't remember our past, right? That's what he says. He doesn't remember what you did yesterday. He loves you so much that he raised everything you do wrong and the next day is a new day. Tomorrow is a new day, and you, it's like you were born. You know, you know when, when the baby is born and the happiness, the mother and the father, everybody say, oh, the baby. That's, Jesus, that's the Lord. Every day is like you're born again, and you come the next day and it goes, oh, I am so happy with you. You're so beautiful. And he hugs you and carries you. That's what he does every day. Every day is a new, new life, a new beginning. Every day is, is a new day. Jesus. So we know that he doesn't remind you or remind us of a past. But one thing, remember this. One thing he wants you to remember where or when you separate yourself from him. He wants you to know or he wants, he, he will lead you to find out where was it that you yourself Detach yourself from the Lord. Where, where that happened? And the Lord is, say, is saying to you today, look at yourself, rewind the tape or, this, or the CD, and today they don't have none of that stuff. They have all this technology, that whatever. I don't know what you will rewind. I usually, I usually rewind the tape. So <laughs> I still have tape, cassettes. So I rewind it so that I can hear it, the things that I want to hear. So rewind your tape, your cassette. And go back and, and just say, ah, I know where it went wrong. I know where. You know, if you put the wrong oil on your car, and the car appeared to running okay the first, and a few months later, your car is acting out, and you take it to the mechanic, and you say, well, the car is not running. Is there anything? Well, I didn't do anything. I just, oh, I remember that I put the wrong oil two months ago. So the, he says, ah, that's what the reason. So you go and fix the oil. You change the oil and you put a new oil. You put the right thing there, right? So God is saying to us, he knows, but he wants you to know, he wants you to remember where did I detach myself from the Lord? Where was it? So go back, rewind the tape, and think about it. Where or when you separate yourself from him. You know why he wants to do that? Because he wants to heal you from self-accusation and from self-condemnation. And that's what is killing today God's children. 
self-accusation and self-condemnation. I, I can't do this no more. I can't worship. I can't do this. I, I, I can't go to church. I, they're going to judge me. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And, and, the, and Satan is hammering you with, with accusation because one time, five years ago, I made a mistake, and all of a sudden, that mistake is carrying me all over and I keep remembering, oh, I can't do no more because I messed up one time. And, I, and the Lord says, I want you to remember where you detach yourself from me so that I can heal you from yourself because I'm not accusing you. I'm not condemning you. I'm trying to heal you, but you're running away from me and you're not understanding that you need to know what went wrong. Because... You hear all this craziness about these politics, and if you don't name the enemy, how can you know who's your enemy if you don't know the, even the name or you're even afraid to mention it? And that's true. If you have sin in your life and you don't even name it and you say this is what it is, how are you going to get healed from that? How are you going to defeat it? You have to say, I, I need to be free from this stuff, Lord, and this and this and that. You have to say it. So he wants to heal you from self-accusation and self-condemnation. And this is what I want you to, to see. Where was Peter when he denied Jesus? Do we know? Where was Peter when he denied Jesus? Do you remember John 18, 18? Let's look at it. Because I want you to see, I want you to see the love of Jesus. How he will show you some things so that you can remember where you separate yourself from him. He's not condemning you. He's trying to heal you. John 18, 18. It says, it was cold. And the servants and the officials stood around a fire. They have, they have made to keep, to keep warm. Peter also was standing with them, warming himself. Look at verse 9. I think it's verse 9. Look at verse 9 and John 21. When they landed, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish in it and some bread. I suggest to you that the Lord is specifically because he went there for Peter. What he did was he put a fire and he started cooking something. They didn't know there was that until they came. Peter saw the fire and says, I denied Jesus around the fire. I remember there I deny him. And that fire remind Peter to go back where he had denied Jesus. And I bet you he felt in his heart, I denied Jesus just in a setting like this. Look of John, no. Another um, something else that Jesus did here. Did the miracle, the, the miraculous catch of fish remind Peter of his call to service?
Luke 5. What I want you to, 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 to understand in this, in this message is the Lord is calling you back. The Lord is saying to you, the reason I'm here, it is because you have gone fishing. It is because you have gone back to your ways. And it's time for you to make that decision. It says, no more going back to my old ways. Look at uh, Luke 5, 1 through 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by a fisherman who were, who were washing the net. He got into, into one of them, to one of the boats, to one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little front shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for catch. Simon answered, Master, we've been working hard all night and haven't caught anything. Remember? They have fish. In chapter 21 of John, they were fishing the whole night and they didn't caught anything. You think that is, that is just coincidental? It's not. The Lord is working on Peter and the Lord is showing something to Peter. Just the way he's showing it to you today. And he says, Peter says, Master, we have worked hard at night, all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because you say so. Remember in the other story, because Jesus told them, throw the net on the other side, and they did. When they have done so, they caused such a large number of fish in the nets that the nets began to break. So they sent all the, the, the partners in the, other, in the other boat, come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at, his, at Jesus' knees and say, go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they have taken. And so were James and John and some of those things. Then Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Peter, remember that. Peter, in, in chapter 21 of John Peter went back, rewind the tape, and he was remembering, oh my goodness, I denied Jesus there. And now these things that catch a fish, it is all the Lord. And now he remembered, but he told me not to go back because I would be a fishers of men. A new beginning now, a new life now that I would do. And he remembered. I believe, again, that the Lord is calling you today. Don't, don't miss it because it is today. It is today that he's calling you and yet you are here. I'm not saying that it's one person. I, I believe that it's more than one person. And the, and the, on the end of the service, we're going to ask the ministry to come forward and we're going to pray for you. But you have to decide yourself Yes, it is me. The Lord is talking to me, and you have to admit it. You have to say, I given my life to the Lord today. I'm surrendering everything. I'm throwing everything back, but I'm not holding back what I have. 
I'm not going back to what I used to do. I'm following the Lord. So I believe that he's calling you today. And he is reminding you of your calling. But remember one thing. That the most important thing in your life is to love him above all things. Love him more than anything else, more than this. That's why Jesus asked the question to Peter, do you love me more than this? Do you love me? By Jesus saying to Peter, follow me, he was saying, Peter, listen to me, Peter. I reinstate I you as an apostle. I, you, I'm putting you back as an apostle. I'm reinstating you. And that's what the Lord is doing to you. But even though that Jesus reinstated Peter back to be an apostle, Jesus knew that he was not done with Peter yet. He's not done with you. He's not done with me. He knows that I'm going to make mistakes. And he knows that he will, you, you will make mistakes. As long as you don't go back and you continue serving, if you, if you stumble, get up and follow him. Say, I'm sorry, Lord. Forgive me, Jesus. If you offend somebody, ask a person to forgive you, you get up. That's, that's, that's the key of a believer. That's the strength that we have, that when you mess up, when you fall, when you stumble, you can stand up and say Lord, forgive me. I admit your, your stumbling. I admit what you have done and just say, Lord, forgive me. And continue on. For he, was, he will continue helping you. Do you love me more than this? Jesus knew that he was not yet done with Peter. Peter took his eyes off Jesus. Peter took his eyes off the Lord. And was very concerned about his future and decided to go fishing. Don't take your eyes off the Lord and go back. I'm repeating this because I want you to get it. And look what Peter did at this time. Right after the Lord says to him, I reinstate you as, 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 a, as an apostle. I want you to do this. I want you to, you love me. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And do this and do this. Yes, yes, yes. And he was all yes. But look what he did this time. He took his eyes off Jesus. And immediately he was concerned about someone else's ministry. And Jesus had to rebuke him. It's a lot of Christians, a lot of people in the church, they are so concerned about everybody else's walk that they, that they neglect their own walk, and all of a sudden they start pointing the finger and looking behind, and what about him, and what about her, and what about this, and what happened? How come that's, why they didn't take care of that? Why didn't do this? And the Lord is saying, it's not your business. That's what he's saying. Why is it you concerned about all that stuff? Look at yourself, fix yourself. And just keep your eyes on me. But as a many Christians, I believe that there is probably in this church, there's a lot of people looking behind and pointing the finger to who's doing this and who's not doing it and why are you doing this and why not. There was a lady one time that came to me. And anyway, I was, I don't know where I was. I was maybe cutting the grass. I, was, I looked like a, like a monster outside. 
And, uh, and this lady comes to me and she goes, Pastor, why is that I only see you working? And immediately my mind says, aha, Satan. I'm not going to take that. I'm doing this for Jesus. Other people are doing things that you're not seeing it. I do this and you see me doing it and you think I'm the only one doing it. No. You have the people working in the office. You have the people ministering to people. You have the people visiting the hospital. And you have people working. But if I, if I hold on to that, I will be judging everybody else. Oh, yeah, I'm the only one. You don't see nobody working. I'm digging. And, that, and everybody's, everybody's sitting down doing nothing. No. Immediately, I say, no. Other people are doing things, but you just don't see it. And that's the, that's the right answer for all of you. When somebody tells you, somebody else no. But you know why sometimes he shows you something that maybe is not what you think that should be? And for you to pray about it. For you to pray for that person. It's not for you to gossip. It's not for you to go around and telling people that person is not doing nothing. It's not for you to go around and say that person is messing up. No, the reason you've seen it is for, so, so you can pray. So that you can pray. That's the reason. And get it in your heart. It's not the reason that God will show you something wrong with somebody. It is for you to pray for. So Jesus rebuked this guy. He rebuked Peter. Because he was concerned about somebody else ministering. You know what happened there? Another lesson. <laughs> Peter forgot. When you take off your eyes of Jesus, when you take your eyes off the Lord... And you put it on something else or somebody else, immediately you will sink. Immediately you start sinking. You know what happened? You, you know the story, right? When Peter was walking on the boat and the Lord says, and Peter says, Can I, Lord, if it is you, can I come? And he says, Yeah, go ahead, come. It's me. And Peter started walking in the water and he was looking at Jesus and he was walking like he was walking on, on earth and on, on, on the ground. He was walking. And the minute, the minute he looked down, he looked at the situation, he was going down. You're not saying, well, Pastor Willie, I'm not, I'm not walking on water. Well, you probably are if you're looking at somebody else behind you. Because you can trip. You can, hit, you, you can bump into a wall or something if you're looking, constantly looking behind. So stay focused. Look forward. Look, Jesus. Jesus is walking in the front. Jesus is never walking behind you. If you're in front of Jesus, you need help. <laughs> you need to walk behind Jesus. You, he is your leader. He is the front. He's in front of you. So don't look behind. There's nothing behind to look for. Look in the front. He is in the front of you, not behind. So in Matthew 14, that's what Peter looked in the water and then he went down. So let me finish with this sentence or this Next time you attempt to look back on someone else's ministry, think about these words of Jesus. What is that to you? Really. As you you got to ask that question to yourself. Next time you worry about somebody's walk in the, with the Lord, next time you worry about somebody's not doing what you think they should be doing, next time you worry about somebody working more than somebody else, if you see me digging trees up there, that's because I enjoy to do it. 
and that's what I know how to do. I'm not good with this computer stuff. I can barely answer my phone. So <laughs> I'm being honest. But what's that to you? What's that to you? What did he say? You just follow me. And that's the message for you and I. Don't look back. Don't go back to your ways. You just follow me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord.